0: Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, double indented tea. Andy brings the case against his friend Chip. Andy accidentally backed into Chip's car, causing damage to the door. Andy agreed to fully cover the cost of the repair. But before Chip could get the door fixed... He was in another car accident that caused even more damage to the door. And he says that because of the second accident, Chip should now split the insurance deductible with him. Chip disagrees. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference.
1: Even though I was alone, I was really happy for Ty. It's like that book I read in ninth grade that said, "'Tis a far, far better thing, doing stuff for other people." Bailiff Jesse Thorne, swear them in.
0: Andy, Chip, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that His car is missing a door, just like my Little League coach, Tim. Yes, I do. see,
2: Jesse. Yes, I do.
0: (laughs) Now, uh, I want to be clear, John. uh, Yes. It wasn't my Little League coach that was missing a door. It was his car. But he did drive kids to games in that car that was (laughs) missing an entire door.
1: (laughs) What was the kind of car? (laughs)
0: You know, it was like a Mercury Grand Marquis or something yeah. like that, yeah, you know, like that's... a 76 Mercury Grand Marquis, the, the, a classic missing door car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. OK. That's an unapproved mod for a Mercury Marquis.
0: <laughs> I think like a Datsun Honeybee could also be missing a door. But that's fair. Yeah. It's not like it had a net. It wasn't like a stock car. Um, it just, <laughs> a door at some point had come off the car and had, had come continued off to drive it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: He used to put a ping pong paddle in a sock and make us field with that. So we would have soft hands.
1: Yeah. Probably Captain America tore it off to use it as a shield in a fight. Most flank. likely. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, probably most what likely. Am don't I know. in the courtroom now? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Andy Chip, for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can either of you name the piece of culture that I referenced when I entered the courtroom? I know Jennifer Marmer. I saw her nodding. I know she got it. You guys are both in Hollywood. What is the answer? I'll go Chip first. I know it. You know it.
2: Does the hang on? All right, all right well, hold on,
1: hold on, Chip. Because I the cat's. I think Chip is coming the, in. The cat's in the bag, and the cat's in the river. Wow. Okay. Holy. I'm coming in with no, 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 no. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't
3: say it. I want to give Andy a shot.
1: This <laughs> is for all the marbles in the in the cat in the river bag.
3: Yeah. So the the person referenced the the second party was named Ty. Is that right? Yes. In the quote, Ty. A separate piece. I have no idea. Chip, what is it? (laughs) Uh, It is
2: uh, Amy Heckerling's seminal 1995 film, Clueless.
1: That is absolutely right. It is Clueless, directed by Amy Heckerling. An incredible movie, a loose adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, but a a masterpiece all of its own. Amy Heckerling, Jesse Thorne, did I ever tell you that she directed me in an episode of Red Oaks? No, that sounds fantastic. She was the greatest. (laughs) <laughs> big fan of Harvey Danger. Loved uh-huh. Amy hanging out with Amy Heckerling so much. So, all right. So, Chip, you have guessed correctly. Um, but you have to answer the question, why? Why, why did I use that quote? Here, let me give you another hint. Here's another quote. You guys get another shot. Ready? Here's another quote. This is from a movie. Remote control. That's gotta be it. That thing is running by remote control. Listen, listen, you guys, we gotta do something. I mean, something's wrong. Machines just don't run by themselves. That means there's someone else on this island. You know, foreign spies or something. Andy, you got it? Uh, Lost? Chip, no, wrong. Chip, you got it?
2: Gilligan's Island.
1: Wrong, wrong. Here's another one. Angela declared (laughs) war on me. (laughs) Angela, we're dec- we gonna do a podcast we'll get time? to the pod oh we'll get to the order in my court we'll get to the podcast <laughs> angela declared war on me before i ever set foot in this valley i'll tell you what i want i want her head and chases alongside it andy you got it uh, no uh, uh the murder she wrote wrong chip what is it oh
2: my so-called life wasn't that wasn't an angela
1: close but no cigar here's another one it's easy to <laughs> wow. see It's easy to see, well, you can tell from the way, this is what I have to deal with, uh, Andy and Chip, Bailiff Jesse. This quote is very, very applicable. It's easy to see that none of you know anything about the loneliness of command. (laughs) Andy, Chip? A a, a few good men. No, Chip?
2: Oh, uh, remains of the day.
1: Okay, last one. You're both wrong. All guesses (laughs) are wrong. Last one. Here it is. For all the cat's marbles. Everything in Salem's Lot is connected to that house. You can see it from every part of town. It's like a beacon throwing off an energy force. Andy, you
3: got it? Would that be Salem's Lot? Which version? <laughs> uh, wait, is that not the name of a movie and book, or is that a series? It's the name of a book. <laughs> okay. it's
1: the name of two TV miniseries.
3: Oh, uh, Pet Cemetery.
1: No, 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 no. Salem's Lot
0: no, that's correct, the name man. of a different oh. book in TV series. Kujo.
3: Cujo? Wait, stop trying to name a book inspired uh, by wrong. a movie. You're wrong. The you're wrong. You're
1: correct, okay, no. you're, wrong. you're
3: running through a forest.
1: You're running through a forest. <laughs> Chip, for all the marbles in the cat bag, which version of Salem's Lot? Uh, the
2: one with Anthony Michael Hall. No. No, that's the stand. What you I'm even, sorry.
1: With are t- you? I don't even think that Anthony Michael Hall was in the dead zone. What's wrong with you, Chip? The
2: Salem's Lot, was that with the Nosferatu?
1: <laughs> Salem's...
0: You're thinking of Nosferatu. <laughs> uh...
1: Salem's Lot, 1979 miniseries starring Richard Soule. It was about a town in Maine called Jerusalem's Lot. That's why when you see the book, it's got an apostrophe before the S because that's the main version of shorthand. They called it Salem's Lot to make it just a little bit shorter. You know what's special about the town of Salem's Lot, Jesse Thorne? I don't know. It's just full of regular people doing jobs. Oh. Moving on. What is Richard Soul Drive in the 1979 version of Salem's Lot?
0: My assumption is Mercury Grand Marquis.
1: It is not a Mercury Grand Marquis. It is a Jeep CJ5. It's easy that none of you know anything about The Loneliness of Command. Season 5. Episode three of Charlie's Angels, in which that is, you will remember the Hawaii season. They got all new cars. Julie got a brand new yellow Jeep CJ5, abandoned for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the series, though. Angela declared war on me before I even set foot in this valley. I'll tell you what I want. I want her head and Chase's alongside it. Falcon Crest, said by Richard Channing to know, but referring to Chase, who drove a yellow Jeep CJ5. That thing's being driven by remote control. Killdozer, 1974. Uh, in that movie, the main characters uh, fight a, um, a, a demon-possessed uh, bulldozer with a Jeep. I think it's a CJ-5. What does a CJ-5 turn into in 1986? Andy, Chip, I'll tell you what. It's featured in the movie Clueless by Amy Heckerling, 1995, in which Cher, played by Alicia Silverstone, drives what? A 1994 Jeep Wrangler. What do these Jeeps have in common, Andy and Chip? No doors. Well, you can take the doors off. Oh, okay. I also like them. (laughs) I have have a Jeep and I take the doors off and I like it a lot. And guess what happens? No doors means no door problems.
3: (laughs) Biggie taught us that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for going on that long walk with me. And thank you especially to the IMCDB internet movie Cars Database for helping me find all of the Jeep Wranglers oh. and CJ fives that have appeared in movies and television. <laughs> it's a pretty incredible website. Jesse. I encourage you to check it out. Search Mitsubishi Delica. Wow, You'll have a good time finding all those Japanese movies that have a Mitsubishi Delica in them.
0: Sounds awesome.
1: Now we get to the case because the fact is Andy, you backed your car into chip's car door, right? Very true. Very stupid move. What happened?
3: Was it, where did this happen and what happened? So uh, to give too much preamble, I moved out to the desert. We don't have time for any of this. Okay. Okay. Uh, Because I did that whole thing.
1: (laughs) We're just going to need to wrap it up. I did the whole thing (laughs) with about the Jeeps that I love so much. All right. No, please go ahead. You moved to the desert.
3: I moved out here a year and a half ago. So I've been living alone and- um, You forgot how society works. Yes. You're just bashing
1: into cars left and right because it's it's, a road warrior out there. In Joshua Tree,
3: right? Yeah, force of habit. Uh, I'm just used to having an empty driveway, and I didn't realize that I sort of don't pull out straight. I always do a little turn to make sure that the side view mirror doesn't clip the garage. So when I had a visitor, I was just still in the mindset of just the muscle memory of the way I always pull out. Um, Very stupid move. Was that visitor Chip? A visitor was Mr. Chip Pope, yes. Mr. Chip Pope. And so he came
1: to visit you out there in Joshua Tree, which is the desert. It's the desert. Yep. From where, Chip? You live in Los Angeles. Los
2: Angeles, California,
1: Hollywood, USA. Fantastic. Heard of it? I've heard of it. I was there once or twice too. I've visited my friend Jesse Thorne and Jennifer Marmer at Maximum Fun HQ a few times. If you know. Yeah, where show business magic happens. That's right. That's right. Where where it all happens. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, it's the land of jeeps. Yeah, (laughs) land of jeeps. If you go by those, all those references. Maybe you should have gotten
1: one, Chip. Maybe you should have gotten a jeep. Then your car would have come your, in handy in this. Yeah. Then your car door wouldn't be in the way of Andy's backing up. <laughs> What's your side of this chip?
2: Well, I uh, went out to visit Andy. He said, park anywhere. <laughs> so I parked behind the side of the garage that I assumed never gets used. Yeah, It had a car in there already. And he's like, ah, I don't use that side. Just park over there. And uh, as we've learned in the movie time Cop. Two bodies of mass can't occupy the same space at the same time. <laughs> no. Oh, Andy. Andy hit my car, trying to get another mass into another mass. I guess to save the world, a la Jean Claude Van Damme or something. <laughs> but uh, he should have looked to see that car. The, the sad thing is, he was just going out to get coffee and donuts. You know, it's 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 all just such an innocent accident. You know, he was going to do something nice. Right. And it turned into something not nice. But anyway, my story is the car was sitting there and got hit in the middle of
1: nowhere. Yeah, I got you. I mean, to be fair, when a person who lives in the middle of the desert says park anywhere, you can really park anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you don't have to cozy up to the house.
0: You've do you got to watch like, out right.
1: for cactuses because they're super Yeah, spanky. you do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and agree. also falling anvils that a coyote is <laughs> tossing. And yeah. fake tunnels. <laughs> right. That'll that'll damage your car if you drive into a fake tunnel. Sure, signs is that say this is. away,
0: but actually they're pointing off the edge of a cliff.
3: Yeah, that's something you gotta watch out for in the desert for sure. Mm-hmm. Surprising numbers of roadrunners, by the way. And I've never i <laughs> I've never seen one not running across a road. They're the most on brand animal. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, they're just out here doing their thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Chip, you sent in some evidence. And these photos, of course, will be available on the show page at maximumfund.org, as well as on our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. First, I see a photo of Andy's driveway. Wow, that really is in the middle of nowhere. That's a beautiful sunset in Joshua Tree. That's where you live, Andy? Yes, sir. Why'd you move out there?
3: Uh, there's this uh, global pandemic that happened. Oh, okay, made, I got you. Made, made life in Los Angeles a little a little less enticing.
1: Right, right. So you you head you had to the hills and you you... You run into any of those kill dozers out there?
3: No kill dozers. As of knock on
1: a countertop. Looks pretty. Looks pretty lonely. And I would I would say a lot of parking. A lot of parking available. <laughs> Lots Who's of car, options. Whose car is this right here, pictured in this photo?
2: That's that's my car, and that's okay. not a picture of the accident. It's just to underscore the vast amounts of space that are out there. That yeah. uh, if, you know this the ridiculousness really of hitting that car
1: well no but (laughs) is this where you parked more or less
0: yes that's where i parked behind the other car in the two-car garage we're seeing here an attached two-car garage uh, and the garage and home are surrounded by desert there's no other stuff um so there's plenty of places for anyone to park be it andy or chip
1: well, uh. except for the fact, here's, I'm going to, in Chip's defense, because he is really nosed right up to the right hand side of this garage. And so, if I understand it correctly, Andy, you hit the garage door opener. Your car is in the left hand side of the garage, and you angled out of the garage and, and you crunched into Chip's left hand uh, door.
3: Is that right? Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that I always do a little bit of a turn just to keep my side view mirror away from the lip. You know, If I I go
1: straight, you didn't move to the desert to parallel park. You moved to the desert to peel out. (laughs) Yeah, and I wanted coffee. Yeah. In Chip's defense, though, Jesse, I will say that the only other parking available is sand. (laughs) Yeah. Like Andy's house is perched on a small platform of poured cement and is surrounded on all sides by sand. Are you concerned, John, about quicksand out here? I, um, you know, if if the killdozers don't get you, the quicksand will.
0: More of a jungle phenomenon in my experience, but what do I know?
1: And then I'm going down to this next photo of the car, (laughs) and this is, Chip, this is your car now, and showing me the original damage when Andy backed into it. On your driver's side front door, correct?
2: Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, you zoom in, you see that the damage extends to two doors. You
1: zoom in, Chip. You don't tell me to zoom in. The second
2: door is also scuffed up.
1: All right. Uh,
2: If one one zooms in. What kind of car is this? It's a Prius. So it's not exactly made for sand or mud. It's it's a concrete car.
1: (laughs) I'm just looking up to see what movies it was in. (laughs) Scary movie three, Gilmore Girls. Must love, uh, wow, Prius really shows up. Weeds, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Other Guys, The Next Three Days.
2: I think it was the butt of probably 7,000 jokes in The Other Guys.
1: So it's a scuff and a dent. And you send a you send a picture of Harry's Automobile and Collision Center business card. Is this where you got a quote for how much it was going to cost to repair? What, what happened next? Why, is, why am I looking at this card, Chip?
2: Yes, uh, sir. Uh, I, got, I got the estimate, um, from Harry's automotive and, uh, Andy had said that, uh, well, let's not get the insurance companies involved, which is not bad. Who wants to get an insurance company involved? Nobody quite frankly, right. but he said, if the damage is over $2,000, we should get the insurance companies involved. Unfortunately, the damage was over $2,000 wow. by just a touch. So I magnanimously offered to, I was driving the car home soon anyway, to Texas. And right. I thought, well, maybe I'll find you a better deal in Texas. What a good friend I am. I was looking to cut down the price <laughs> of the $2,200 of damage for all, for Andy. Right. Just to have the pleasure of this story, I suppose. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there you are driving your way to Texas, trying to find a better deal for your old friend Andy Wood, living out in the desert. And what should happen?
2: Well, in theory, I was driving, I wasn't home yet. I was. Uh, I hate to correct you, but I was uh, at the laundromat, and I opened the door, and a car came out of the traffic lane into the laundromat, uh, the into the laundromat, and drove into. Not into the laundromat, into my car, into oh, no. the door of the car, the same door that young Andrew had hit. What a coincidence.
1: And that totaled the door at that point.
2: Coincidence is when you describe something awful, right?
0: What, John? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's absolutely correct.
0: We'll have to get the folks from Merriam-Webster on that, but uh, no, we can verify that No, no, no. That after no, no, show. no, I'm going
1: to say, I'm going to just send it into them as a new definition. I think that's right. Great.
0: Let's take a quick recess and hear about this week's Judge John Hodgman sponsor. We'll be back in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.
1: Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. So now the door was was totaled.
2: Yes, now the door couldn't even close anymore. The guy who hit the door offered to help close the door. We tried to close the door. We couldn't close the door.
1: And by offering to help close the door, that means shoving, shoving it closed?
2: Yes, trying to shove it closed, trying to shove the old door, wouldn't close.
1: So Chip, all of a sudden this $2,200 bill balloons to a much higher bill and the insurance is going to get involved, correct?
2: Yes, sir. Have to get the insurance involved now. Chip, what did the insurance say? The insurance said, in the law in the state of California, if you open a door and somebody hits it, it is a hundred percent your fault. No ifs, ands, or buts. You could do an Aaron Brockovich and try to fight this law, but it seems futile.
1: And that meant that your insurance would not pay out.
2: Oh no, my insurance pays out, but it still is a hundred percent my fault. Right. But uh, yeah, but my insurance will pay out. For the, for the second damage to the door.
0: And you have to pay the deductible,
2: Chip? Yes. The deductible is on me because the person who hit the door has been found not to be at any fault. Of course. The second person who hit the
1: door. So, e- <laughs> so even though insurance pays out, you are still responsible for a deductible of how much? $1,000. Now, Andy, at this point, you made a proposition uh, to save yourself some money, correct?
3: Right. So at this point Chip told me what the situation was and said uh instead of 2200 now you only owe 1000 which is a decrease and that is much preferable to 2200 but uh I guess my thinking was that even if we had you know gotten that dent that first dent fixed right away the second thing still would have happened and and Chip would have been out the full 1000 so I proposed some kind of split where maybe we find a situation where both of us is paying a percentage of what our worst case scenario would have otherwise been with. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Andy. I was yes. with you for a minute there. Okay. I lost you.
1: No, let me just, no, we have a, a clean, clear fiber optic connection. I'm speaking <laughs> to Andy in the desert. Yes. What I'm hearing is that you agreed to pay the damage of 2200 for the initial hit, which you are responsible for, which you did. Well, so I, that, I, 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 to, to- I, all right, go ahead.
3: go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, there was never like a specific agreement to pay twenty two hundred. I, I said I will pay to fix that dent, and then the door is totaled, and it's literally impossible to fix just that dent. So I don't know what becomes of that initial obligation now that that thing has ceases to exist. essentially. So
0: you said you were responsible for paying to repair that dent, but you weren't responsible for this quote from Harry's Automotive and Collision Center. A uh, home of Chris, ha- I'm looking at the card here. Chris, Harry, and someone named Fax. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, yeah, it's, it just seems like it's reasonable if we did some kind of split where I'm still taking the bulk of that thousand, but uh, there's a non zero amount that chip would be out of pocket for his own accident to which i had no part so because otherwise there's no
0: incentive for chip not to just open his doors into traffic all day long (laughs) it's simple (laughs) economics
1: andy wait a minute okay you bang into your friend's car you cause damage you offer to pay for the damage initial quote twenty two hundred dollars from harry's automotive yep chip's a nice guy he said look i'm going to drive through texas eventually a place famed for its lower estimates. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a lower estimate and and knock some of that off. But before that can even happen, he opens his door into traffic, totals his door, and now he's on the hook for $1,000 as a deductible, right? And he says to you, guess what? Good news. You don't have to pay me $2,200. $1,000 will do. And you've already cut your thing basically in half, but now you're saying, no, I want to pay less than that even. And your reasoning is, that this door would have been totaled anyway.
3: Is that correct? Yes. And, and that the bill essentially they was sending me was not for a thing that I, it was not for the repair of what I did.
1: Right. So you believe in predestination.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a Calvinist. Is that what they do? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> this door, this Prius was <laughs> destined to have its door totaled outside the laundromat, regardless of the fact that you bumped into it. Is that right? I mean, uh, Andy, 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 we're storytellers, right? Yes. You're a comedian, co-founder of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, storyteller, right? Yes. You work in television and movies, right? I don't know about movies, but okay. Okay. You work in television, <laughs> right? Yes. Chip, you're a writer, right? You write you write, you write, television and things, right?
2: Yeah. Well, yes, sir.
1: Do we want a world in which the characters have a fixed destiny that their decisions have no impact on? Is that the kind of stories you write? Or do you want a world, Andy? Think about this. Where a Toyota Prius can be cursed by an initial dent. (laughs) And then that becomes a dent magnet.
3: (laughs) A psychic dent magnet. That's the plot of Salem's Lot, correct?
1: It's actually the plot of Christine. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's literally the plot of Christine.
3: (laughs) That's the terrifying dent magnet car. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know what you need to do, Chip, to fix this car on your own? Just stand in front of it and go, show me. And then your Prius. What's the name of your Prius? People name their cars <laughs> on, the, on
2: the West Coast, right? I call it Tesla. It's confusing. It's confusing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you call your Toyota Prius Tesla. That's fantastic. You can just stand in front of that car. I'm telling you. you has it already been repaired? Have you already paid the the grand? Yes, I have. Uh, uh, it has been repaired you wasted all your money because you could have stood in front of Tesla and just said, Tesla show me it would have repaired itself. Just like in the movies. <laughs> Andy, what's your reasoning for, you don't want to pay the money.
3: No, my proposal was $750, to dollars So I'm paying like what? 35% of what I originally might have. Chip is only paying 25% of what he, cause he essentially lucked out in having me dent it first because oh, sure. Otherwise he would have been out this whole thousand if, calvinism has taught us anything
0: you know what my religion is andy what's that calvin peeing on fords hey fords <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> as long as he's praying afterwards yeah. does he does he pray after he,
0: he does. pees <laughs> yeah r.i.p my <laughs> uncle
1: all those peeing calvins you know those are all bootlegs because uh, uh, bill watterson never licensed any calvin hobbs merchandise ever god yeah could have made a fortune
0: it's so wild to think that we live in a world where Bill Watterson could have gotten rich from his beloved signature character peeing on various car brands.
1: Hey, he could have bought a lot of Jeeps. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That whole <laughs> fleet of Jeeps. Jeep fleet. <laughs> so you're saying it's a lucky thing that you backed into your friend's car when he was coming to visit you in the desert because yeah. you're you're saving him 750 bucks.
3: In my proposal. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm coming to you because I think it's a really interesting philosophical dilemma. Like I've asked friends and people are pretty split. Like I try to think of an analogy, like maybe if you had a vase and I cracked that vase and promised to fix that crack and I gave it back to you and then like you drop it on the ground. Like what becomes of that initial promise to fix a thing once the thing that is damaged is non existent, you know. Or Andy, if I could
0: if I could offer a metaphor. Is that a better okay? Is there I I have a metaphor here. It's like if you backed into your friend's car. Okay. uh, and then your friend's car door got (laughs) smashed and you were trying to weasel (laughs) out of paying a thousand (laughs) dollars.
3: The flip side of that is why would that second accident for which a person is legally responsible, why would you bear zero financial responsibility for that if you bear all the legal responsibility of it? Jesse Thorne, I think you might know more about this than I do. Like what what would you if
1: Chip and Andy were to get Chip's insurance involved in the initial accident, what would have been the outcome?
0: My understanding is that the outcome would have been as follows. Chip would have ended up paying his $1,000 deductible. Uh, His insurance would have covered uh, the $2,200 cost of repair. Um, And then uh, his insurance would have targeted Andy's insurance Um, and, uh, Andy's insurance would have had to cover that, uh, cost because, uh, Andy was at fault. I mean, there's no question that Andy was at fault, even though Chip literally could have parked anywhere else in an entire square mile. We
1: know that Andy is at fault. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's, that's for sure. This is a 100% Andy's fault situation.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, presumably Andy's insurance also has a deductible for when, for his liability. Presuming he has liability insurance.
1: Do you
3: have liability insurance, Andy? In fact, I think in this case, Chip's insurance probably wouldn't have been involved if we'd just done this initial dent. It all would have been on my insurance, I think. But uh, yes, I I have all the appropriate insurances.
1: Yeah. You've insured your desert shack? Yeah.
3: Okay. But ultimately,
0: some portion of the cost could and likely would have been borne by Andy in the form of higher insurance premiums. Yes.
1: Okay. So your insurance premiums would have might have gone up. Is that why, Andy, you were like, I'll just pay for it out of pocket rather than get my liability insurance involved?
3: Yeah. It seems like it was going to be on that cusp level where it's worth just paying and not involving the authorities. So now. no
1: matter what happens in the scenario- right, Andy- Not
0: involving any of the authorities, not even the fire department or the school principal. <laughs> The Joshua Tree Port
3: Authority. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Andy. Anyway, anyway, this stacks up. Andy, you save money. Your insurance premium stays the same, and you're after initially promising to pay the total damage. Chip tries to reduce it by more than half to a thousand. Were you aware of the twenty two hundred dollar estimate?
3: Yeah, we we were, as soon as he got it he texted me and we both thought that seemed kind of high and he's like yeah, I'll try to get a second quote like he said which is right. very nice of him. I appreciate it.
1: And when you said and just so that I understand, so when he texted this to you says 2200, we both agreed it was kind of high and did you say to him then that's why I'm going to try to nickel and dime you using every possible <laughs> avenue of logic. Or Andy, did you just
0: suggest to your friend that he just head down to the laundromat and open his door into traffic?
3: (laughs) Yeah, is is this all a big insurance fraud scheme? It it is. It's a long con. So after that first accident, he texted me and was like, well, you might be off the hook because this guy might be paying for it. And then when it turned out it was going to be him, I said, well, here, I'll just Venmo you 500 right now. And then like, let's talk once you get the final bill to see if it ends up being the case that you do have to do this whole thousand dollar deductible. And then at that mm-hmm. point, when he got the full thousand, I said, What about overall split being 750, 250, Uh for the aforementioned reasons of both of us being in similar percentages of our we'd we, we be out. Our our similar US. understanding of Calvinistic theology
1: sure. and predestination, this was bound to happen. And right. Right, right. I'm looking at a headline from a website, mlive.com. It stands for Michigan Live. Are you from Ann Arbor, Michigan? Yes, I am. Yeah, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Great town. Great town. Oh, th- Thank you. Headline from uh, November nineteenth, twenty twenty: Ann Arbor comedian becomes four-time Jeopardy champion, winning almost one hundred thousand dollars. And there's a photo here. Oh, this looks like you, Andy. Is this you? <laughs> this is this is me. Wow! Wow! We four-time <laughs> Jeopardy champion. <laughs> When did you record? Did you record with Alex Trebek or before yeah, he passed? Six, wow. six weeks before he passed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Four times. I missed, I missed that one. What, what was your favorite question and answer or I should say answer and question.
3: Oh, uh, the third day's final jeopardy that I only thought of at the last second, which was, um, this island nation is named for a Spanish King who himself was named for loving horses. Equest.
1: What is equestriana? <laughs> exactly. I don't know that one. What is the answer?
3: Oh, uh, well, I thought about the whole horse thing, like hip hippo. That's like, uh, like Greek for horse. Uh-huh.
1: Sure. Hippo. I couldn't think of horse. any
3: hip sure. islands. And then I went with the love thing and I was like, Phil. And then mm. in that moment I realized, wait, the name Philip means horse lover which is crazy. So Philippines. Oh, the what?
1: Excuse me. Could you answer in the form of a question? What is the Philippines? Oh,
3: oh.
1: <laughs> very tricky. And that was on Final Jeopardy. How much did you wager?
3: Uh, the, the internet was mad at me because I wagered a weird amount that didn't put me ahead of. I was behind going into Final Jeopardy. Right. And even with that right answer, I didn't get in the lead because I knew that the first place person was going to have to wager enough and I'd have to have her get a. There was a reason for it and she got it wrong. So I won that game. You won now, the game. But
1: how much how much did you wager? How much did you wager? I think it was probably on the order of five or six thousand. Five or six thousand? And so you doubled that. That's how much I earned in Final Jeopardy. Though. Oh, so excuse I, me. I, I misunderstood the rules of the game. So you earned for for what is the Philippines, you earned six thousand dollars. I think about that. Yeah. Somewhere between five and six thousand dollars.
0: Yeah and that was for writing what is the philippines on like with a little stylus on a, a little, little
1: stylus on a pad m- misspelling a pad. it also misspelling right. it with the numbers of l's and p's yeah right but they accepted it anyway even though you yeah. don't know yeah
3: right okay.
0: you just sort of wrote it with that little electric pencil
1: yeah yeah,
3: yeah. it's very hard to write with that how long
0: did it take that's like a 60 second 90 second thing
3: yeah 60 second 90 seconds uh this is as yeah, like we could all see chip's comment below. He. I think we all see where this is going but yeah chip just, yeah, chip
1: just mentioned in the chat i think i see yeah. where this is going yeah yeah
0: it's amazing
1: huh i think i uh, congratulations on well that done <laughs> well done and over the course of the four days a hundred thousand hundred thousand dollars yeah, I mean they yeah. all taped in one day, so it was one day. Right? Okay, but, but so uh, in right, one, it, so in amazing. one day, in one day. Excuse me, I didn't even understand.
0: Yeah, you made about a hundred thousand dollars. Well, look, incredible. Jesse, you know Just I was for uh, knowing what what a horse lover name is. Yeah, right,
1: right. I know, right? You know, mm-hmm. Philip Phil, Philippines, Philip. Right? Yeah.
0: John, can you imagine if someone asked you what is the Philippines and you were like, uh, "Well, <laughs> this
1: island nation." <laughs> <laughs> was named for a Spanish, a Spanish king who was also a horse lover.
0: Oh, thank you. Oh, so yeah, thank you. That clarifies it. I guess it I helps. was thinking of the Seychelles. I was
1: wondering why the Philippines were in the news, yeah. and this explains it. Yeah, they were named for a Spanish king.
0: Yeah,
1: Jesse. This may seem like a you know, one day, like you know, for a hundred thousand dollars. It's that's quite a you know for answering questions. It's a high, it's a high pressure. Environment. Yeah. And also, as someone who, who participated on five days worth of the celebrity match game in Canada, I can tell you, uh, you film it all in one day. That's a lot of changes of clothes. It takes yeah. a lot out of you. You got to change your clothes. Sure. You had to and you change gotta your clothes. You got to bring from.
0: the clothes from home. Right. I mean, I, Andy right. probably lives 10, 12 miles from the lot.
1: Right.
3: I mean, you kid, but I did have to. I went to Nordstrom Rack and just bought a whole bunch of things. Because you have to have those outfit changes, but yeah. I didn't take any tags off. Uh, so every every win, the uh, Jimmy from the Clue Crew had to help me cut all those. You know, jackets have way too many tags on them. So we're just like hastily trying to clip all these tags so off a sport coat. You Why mean did, the Clue Crew clip you your get tags? the Clue
0: Crew involved in popping your tags?
3: Well, Jimmy was being the contestant coordinator for the day, so. Uh,
0: wow
1: wow so but so by clipping the tags though then you you own that all that wardrobe right once you've clipped you can't yeah, once you clipped you can't yeah you must acquit yeah. right? <laughs> so how much i don't want to be personal but how much of the how much did all that stuff cost
3: uh, I, I, the initial spend at Nordstrom Rack was like six hundred dollars, but you know, six hundred. Let's
1: round it up to. I only used. Let's I, round it up to a, a thousand dollars. Okay.
3: Okay. okay. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> Roughly. Roughly. Maybe seven hundred fifty, but because right, there like might have been thousand.
1: some tax. Yeah, there might have been some yeah. tax. But I mean, between six hundred and a thousand, when you're thinking in terms of a hundred thousand.
0: Did you just, Andy? Did you just Venmo them five hundred up front and say you could talk about the other five hundred after you did Jeopardy? <laughs>
3: <laughs> feel very I feel very uh attacked right now but then mm-hmm. I you know you are a fair an arbiter of justice so chip let me ask you a question what would you have
1: me rule if I were to rule in your favor
2: uh I would just uh say you know what hey that guy a thousand bucks and you're getting off easy
1: that's hands okay and Andy if I were to rule in your favor what's your
3: final offer uh I'd pay seven fifty of that thousand and we'd both be getting off better than we would otherwise get off, depending on your philosophical leanings with determinism and the <laughs> predestination.
1: I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. Uh, I'm going to get into my uh, killdozer and drive to my chambers and I'll be back in a moment with my verdict.
0: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Chip, how are you feeling about your chances in the case? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like justice
2: will be on my side. I think the two accidents are unrelated, uh, but I'm less of a Calvinist and more of a more Hobbesian. Sure.
0: <laughs> Have you ever thought, Chip, about uh, doing that thing uh, where instead of opening the car door with your left hand, you train yourself to open the car door with your right hand so that you're obliged to look over your shoulder in case there's another car coming or, God forbid, a cyclist?
2: Yeah, that is a great point. And uh, the first part of that, no. But the second part of that, yes. Thank you, Jesse.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you saved yourself a fair amount of money by opening your car into traffic. Not a lot of us can say that. <laughs> Andy, how are you feeling about your chances in the case?
3: Not good. No? <laughs> no, I don't I don't think this is going to go my way. And I'm not sure if the reason for that will be more of like a um utilitarianism uh like you know who who is in a position to pay, which is very fair, but um strictly speaking the bill that I'm that's in question is for an unrelated accident, but uh you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
0: I just got you this window decal. It's of uh, Calvin peeing on your chances in the cage. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <that's, laughs> Hobbs is probably doing it, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, there's only one opinion that matters here, and that's Judge Hodgman's. We'll see what he has to say when we come back in just a moment. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just
2: one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one.
3: We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
2: What? Hang on.
3: Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass.
2: Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid.
3: The formula of WD
2: 40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app.
0: And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict.
1: Well, first of all, I do not recommend Harry's Automotive and Collision Center for your auto body needs. Because I'm with both of you, Andy and Chip. 2200 seems a lot for the damage that I saw in this photograph of Chip's car. It does not seem like $2,200 worth of body work. I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on cars with doors. I don't know about them. I, I specialize in cars without doors. <laughs> and, you know, Andy, you're absolutely right. Like, everybody's getting a bargain under your scenario, for sure. Now, I don't know how the universe works. I don't know if Chip's Prius Tesla was destined to get its its door totaled. I don't know whether you gave Chip's Toyota Tesla a curse by backing into it on a cool desert morning. I don't write the story of this existence. But what I do know is we all have it pretty good in this scenario. Andy, you're out there in... Uh, Joshua tree with an incredible internet connection <laughs> a two car garage granted your two car connected garage looks larger than your home in this photo <laughs> it's not i don't want anyone to get the idea this is a big house it's a modest a modest desert shack <laughs> chip you got a toyota named uh, tesla and most important no one got hurt i mean chip you could have hurt somebody I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta check your corners before you open a door into traffic. You gotta watch. You gotta be careful because that that hurts. I mean, that you could really really hurt somebody. But you're lucky. We're all lucky, and the damage that was caused is covered mostly by insurance, which premiums you are able to afford, and the money in question is affordable to both of you as well. So good, good job. Is this the time for philosophical hair splitting? I venture probably not. That doesn't make my soul feel good. Andy, this story began the inciting incident, as they say, in screenwriting class. Is you banging into your friend's car?
0: Yeah. Your friend who came to visit you in the desert.
1: Yeah. You didn't check your corners. Nope. You didn't check your corners and you dinged his car. Chip, please visit me. Bring water. (laughs) (laughs) And you very magnanimously offered to make good on it. But before you could, something else happened that no one could have foreseen. That's the fun of story. That's Mm -hmm. why this is interesting. That's why we're talking about it, right? Would it have happened anyway? Did Did it, you know? But your offer is still out there. Your promise is still out there. Now, if Chip were made whole and didn't have to pay a deductible, no harm, no foul, right? Yes. But since the deductible is already less than the amount you more or less promised to pay, and I'm going to tell you, if Chip drove into Texas, he wasn't going to get under $1,000 on that. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. He might have yeah. sa- saved you a few hundred dollars, you know? But, you know, still, you'd be in it for 1000 for sure. Right. So the gracious thing to do, is to pay the thousand dollars. You know this, Andy. You know this. Splitting hairs, nickels and dimings. It's like it's like a, it's like fighting a kill dozer with a Jeep CJ five. <laughs> Doesn't work. Kill dozer wins because <laughs> the kill dozer in this situation is your friendship. It's a terrible <laughs> metaphor, but I'm got to you got to go with me.
0: Let's go back to my metaphor about the guy who hits his friend's car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the point is that, like, let's say Chip goes, all right. He's going to feel bad. And what's, you know, he's always going to feel a little bit bad about this. And you're always going to feel a little bit cheap about it. And you shouldn't feel that way. I'm finding in Chip's favor. So here's what I'm going to order. Andy, you give $1,000 to Chip. Pay off your debt. And then Chip, you take 250 of that. You give it to Andy. Because that's how you learn not to open your car door into traffic. You've got to hurt a little bit. It's like when you you don't learn that to not touch a hot stove until you do it. And you're like, ow, that hurts. And then you remember for the rest of your life. I don't want you ever to open your door into traffic again, Chip. Give that 250 to Andy and then you'll remember. And then, Chip, you take that 750 and you and you give it to a charitable organization. I don't know of a, cha- is there a charitable organization in support of uh, not dooring people, Jesse Thorne?
0: I don't know one off the top of my head.
1: Jennifer Marmer, you got one? Uh, doors for kids. One eight seven seven doors for kids. D O R S doors for kids. Yeah, forget that. You were going to go to Texas anyway, Chip. You give that seven fifty. Give that seven fifty to a abortion rights group in Texas, and then Andy, you do the same thing with that two fifty. So that's the way it works, right? That's the flow. Because Andy, you you, init- you initiated this. You started the curse when you dinged him. Everybody, check your corners out there in the world. You should never, should never hit anybody or anything with a car. It's completely unnecessary. Keep your distance. When you're, when in doubt, slow down. Check your corners. Make sure. Be careful out there, you guys. It's gotta hurt a little bit, so you learn. You never know, Andy. It's, uh, the dozer might be right outside your driveway. You could back <laughs> your car into that. You never know when killdozer's is gonna show up. So one thousand from Andy to Chip, two fifty from Chip to Andy, seven fifty to abortion rights in Texas. Andy rounds out the thousand by taking that two fifty, and I want to see—I want to see the Venmo receipts on this. (laughs) This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all.
0: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Chip, you were pretty confident about your chances. How are you feeling about this uh, complicated cash flow that ultimately uh, results in some good for the world?
2: I, I like the good for the world part, uh, but I'm less of a fan of of having to
0: give money to people. Yeah, well. If I'm being honest. But, you know, it's a court. It's, it's Internet court. Thank you for your honesty. If I may be honest, you did open your door into traffic. So there's that. that. That That's true. I mean, I think there's more to that story, but that's not a hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> Andy, how are you feeling about the outcome of the case? You were pretty pessimistic. Uh, this might be a, a more positive outcome than you expected.
3: Yeah, I think this ended up being a pretty pretty fair and does some good for the world. So, yeah, I'm satisfied.
0: What do you think Calvin would think about this?
3: He wouldn't pee on it. I know that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chip, Andy, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Another Judge John Hodgman case in the books. In a moment, we'll have some swift justice. But first, our thanks to Daniel Cordero and Cody McBurnett for naming this week's episode Double Indented T." I like the two, it took two people to come up with double indented T, Parallel thought, classic example of parallel thought. If you'd like to name a future episode, like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook, that's where we ask for these title suggestions. Our producer is the brilliant Jennifer Marmer, our editor, Valerie Moffat. You can follow us on Twitter. John is at Hodgman. I am at Jesse Thorne. Hashtag your Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO, and check out the Maximum Fun subreddit to chat about the episode. That's MaximumFun.reddit.com. We're on Instagram at Judge John Hodgman, where you can see those sweet dent pics. Make sure to follow us there for all kinds of fun stuff. John, I just sent Jennifer a picture of me giving myself a haircut in my backyard. So that's the kind of thing that you get to see
1: feeding on the, the birds Judge John
0: Hodgman podcast i was out there feeding the birds except the only problem was i was wearing one of those those kind of bib capes you know that you wear when you're doing
1: sure right okay yeah i got you mm-hmm.
0: so the like a barber
1: like a barber bib. yeah okay like
0: a barber bib and unfortunately that means that the uh instagram followers will not get to see that i was shirtless
1: what well, a shame what a shame yeah uh, maybe
0: in a maybe a future subscribe to follow the instagram we'll see We'll see about the future. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with a quick judgment. John says, Jesse took a picture in his backyard with no shirt on, but I couldn't see it because he was wearing his (laughs) barbing smock. No. Leah asks, which drawer in the dresser is the first drawer? I think it's clearly the top drawer. My husband believes the first drawer is the bottom one.
1: I've never heard the term first drawer in my life. I yeah, hereby ban it real, from use. Not a real but if, term. If any of those drawers were to be the first drawer, it's the top drawer. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no question. About top that. drawer.
0: That's it for this week's episode. We love your cases. Submit them to us at maximumfun.org slash JJHO or email Hodgman at maximumfun.org. Judge Hodgman, there was a dispute on the Reddit the other day. Oh, no. Someone said, I always presume they ginned up these disputes because they're too on the nose. I swooped in there, John. I said, all of these are real, 100% real. They said, I'm sorry, I meant on dear prudence.
1: (laughs) No, this is my guarantee to you. The only thing ginned up on Judge John Hodgman is John Hodgman after... I finish recording. (laughs) (laughs) No case is too
0: small. That's maximumfun.org slash JJHO or email us at Hodgman at maximumfun.org. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman
3: podcast. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.